we're starting a new series today uh, called Home Life. And uh, home life is a pretty important part of your life, your existence. I mean, I know you can have stuff going good everywhere else. But if it ain't going good at home, come on, somebody. Come on, you can, you, can, you, can have a, you, can, you can have a lot of money in the bank. But if your home life ain't right, then things can be really miserable. It, it doesn't matter. You can, the business can be booming. But if you've got a teenager that you don't know if the next call you get, if that's going to be them telling you that they're locked up or in jail or dead, uh, it can be miserable. Uh, you can have a lot of stuff going for you a lot of places. But if, if your relationships, if your spouse, if you just don't want to be around each other, home life can be bad. If you're single and you feel like the clock's ticking and I'm home alone, then you may not want to be at home. If you're a widow or if you're divorced, you can have a lot of other areas of your life going really well. But if your home isn't well, if cancer visits your house or something like that, it... it uh, it can make home life. I mean, I've, there's, I mean, I know there's some people that don't want to go home. They work all the time, right? Because they don't want to be home because there's no peace there. There's no joy there. There's no satisfaction there. Or there's no one there, right? There's lots of different things. So we're going to take a few weeks and look at home life. Uh, and we're going to start it off this week. I've actually asked my mom to help me because uh, I was not... Uh, planning on doing this, but uh, I, I secretly recorded my mom a, a few weeks ago. <laughs> what kind of son would secretly record their mother? This one right here, baby. This one right here. You found the culprit. Uh, but the, the way that this happened is just to preface the video, I'm going to show you a secret recording of my mother. The quality's not great. It was shot on my phone. And because I was hiding, you're going to see a door. Then you're going to see her. Then you're going to see a door. Then you're going to see her. Because every time she'd turn around, I'd have to hide the phone. But uh, I was, she was coming up here. She was in Lake Charles. And I said, all right, I'll meet you at the church. She beat me up here by maybe 15 minutes or something. And whenever I walked in, I was coming down the hall and I could hear my mom praying. And uh, so I wanted to record her praying because I grew up hearing my mom uh, praying and cast the devil out of me. Uh, <laughs> I grew up hearing that. Devil, come out. Lucifer, you can't have him and stuff like that. Uh, just kidding. But I did grow up hearing my mom praying. And there was a lot of times I'd come out from partying or whatever and I would pass out. How many of y'all know what it means to pass out? I was exhausted from studying. Uh, that's what passing out means. It's just I just studied myself into a slumber. And, uh, but I would be awoken by her putting her hands on me and praying. And she would be talking to God and she'd be talking to the devil. And uh, I grew up with that. So whenever I heard her praying, I got out my phone and I wanted it just for my own personal private use so that 20 years from now, if I wanted to hear my mama praying, I could just hit play. Thank God for technology. But in preparing for home life, uh, I knew that, uh, I, you know, I had it for a couple of weeks. The Lord was like, you need to show that in church. 
and kick off the series of home life. So I asked my mom with her permission. I said, can I play you praying uh, at the church? And then will you come to the church and help break it down and talk about some of the things that, that you've gotten victory on in prayer? My dad was rough and I was a hard nut to crack, right? And many of you know, I don't hide uh, my testimony. You know, I've totaled multiple cars, three cars, flown through windshields, had plastic surgery, put my face back together. I uh, was basically sentenced to 30 years in Leavenworth for uh, smuggling drugs from Mexico into this country. Uh, and I could go on and on and on. Was a IV drug user. And that was just me. And I got siblings. <laughs> just like <laughs> my mother. Uh, she, she's had some, but she's one. She's one. She has stinking one. So there's nobody I know more qualified. And uh, so I wanted to ask her just to talk about praying for your home and what that looks like and how to get victory in situations in your home that sometimes seem hopeless and look impossible. So we all have a normal prayer life, you know, like a devotion and we get up and we say prayers in the morning and stuff like that. But there are instances where you're going to need more than just a devotion. I mean, I know what I'm talking about. There is, a, there is a war type of prayer. In the book of Daniel, uh, he prayed for three weeks and he wasn't getting any results. And finally, an angel visited him and said, I heard you the minute you started praying. But while, whenever you started praying, I, with, angels were dispatched to answer your prayers. But we were caught up. We were held up in the third heaven. And he says it wasn't until the archangel Michael came and fought with us that we were able to get you the answer to your prayer. Prayers and your prayers were released after after a period of time. So you could see just in one passage of scripture that, that sometimes there are some forms of prayer that are beyond just your regular morning prayers that you have to uh, watch and you have to contend and you have to really stand in the gap, the Bible says, for certain situations. So I want to show you this video, but before I do, I want to read one passage of scripture because this is the, the one passage of scripture I felt like the Lord gave me specifically for this. And this is Jesus talking about prayer. And it's found in Luke chapter 18. New King James Version. They're going to put it up on the screen behind me. It says, Jesus, this is Jesus talking about prayer now. He's talking about, and he, he, there's a lot of these. He talks about prayer, but this is going to go with what we're talking about this morning. It says, and then he spoke a parable to them that men ought always to pray. Everybody say always. And not lose heart. Got to have both of them. It says you need to be persistent and you can't lose heart. Saying, there was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. This is not a Christian. He doesn't care about God. He's an atheist. He, he, he does not regard God and he doesn't regard man. But there was a widow in that city. And she came to him saying, get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not, the judge would not for a while. But afterward he said within himself. Though I do not fear God nor regard man, because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her. Lest by her continual coming she weary me. Then the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said. And shall not God avenge his own elect who cry out day and night? To him, though he bears long with them, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith? Everybody say faith. faith. 
It's really what he's looking for. He's saying, Will, will do, do you have the faith to stick it out? Stick with it. Is there a persistence to it? Will he find faith on the earth? I want to read the last two verses in the message version. And this is in, in verse number uh, six. It says, So what makes you think that God won't step in and work justice for his chosen people who continue to cry out for help? Won't he stick up for them? I assure you he will. He will not drag his feet. But how much of that kind of persistent faith will the Son of Man find on the earth when he returns. So I wanna, I'm going to ask my mom to just teach us, talk to us a little bit about persistent faith this morning. Here you can show the video of my mom praying. What is it? You I don't, don't even know what it is. I don't even remember. It's a toy from the nursery oh. in there. <laughs> you were swinging the uh, the boom bop smash. Is what you were. My God, my God. So whatever, whatever works. Whatever, whatever works. Whatever, whatever works. works. I tell you, you got to beat the devil down, right? You got to beat him down. So, uh, is this a prerequisite for your prayer life? Does anybody need to go out and get one of these? <laughs> To, probably not. To win. Probably, probably it's whatever not. you can find. You what, what, whatever you can find. All right. So there's a couple things and I'm going to let you kind of tell us what was happening in that 
uh, video, the first thing I think it was important that I wanted to ask you is, is that how you pray every time? Or like no. every morning, do you get out your boom bop smash and, and walk around the house and pray like that? Or No, as you were saying earlier, you know, most of us uh, have a time of devotion in the morning and you read your verses and you pray for maybe specific things for that day. And no, it's not always like that, although sometimes it is. But that type of prayer to me is, um, it's, um, it's kind of like warfare because you're, you're dealing with things in the spirit that need to be dealt with. Uh, I'll give you a perfect example. With me trying to come here this morning to see y'all, I had a flat on the way, but I didn't tell Kevin this. It was kind of my fault. <laughs> I was coming through Forest Hill, and I remembered a verse that I didn't write down on my notes. And I knew that it was in First Peter, but I couldn't remember the verse. And so I got my Bible out, and I'm driving, and I open the Bible, and I'm looking for the verse, and in the process, I ran off the road, and I hit this big, um, <laughs> this culvert thing, and I yeah, knew. Yeah, I didn't know that. I knew when I hit it that I had burst the tire. There was no doubt about it. And, of course, I'm railing at the devil because I said, I know you're trying to keep me from coming this morning. And so I got out of the car, and a nice young man uh, named Jason stopped. And he turned out to be a Christian. He had Christian music on his radio. He fixed my tire. And the whole time he's fixing it, I'm um, rebuking the devil because he had a really difficult time with the jack. And he, he told me, he said, I don't know if this is going to work. So I'm rebuking the devil because he's trying to keep me from coming this morning to see y'all. But thankfully, Jason got the tire fixed. And I rode on the donut from Forest Hill to here, and we made it. So praise God. I'm glad you made it, but you sure didn't share with me that you were looking up Bible scriptures <laughs> while you're driving down the road, <laughs> ran off the road, hit a culvert, your tire exploded, and... Yeah. Okay, well, that's good. It's good to know. Good to know. <laughs> no, that type of prayer is... So in the video, there, there was something specific that I came was, up I that you were praying, praying about. That I wasn't was your praying. normal prayer time. There was, this is a situation that's arisen in the home that we need, I need to pray about uh, different than just get up and read my Max Licato book and pray. I needed to, there was something that happened that you needed to pray about. Exactly. And then... Uh, and you had not eaten, right? Because you were fasting to... The previous day and that night before, yes. So for we 24 were. hours, you said, I'm not going to eat. I'm going to pray about this situation. 
because it's something that's important. And then you had called me a couple of weeks ago and because uh, this situation had been going on for maybe a couple of weeks. And she said, the Lord gave me a scripture concerning this situation. So one part of the video, she says, she'll shine like a light in the dark. She'll shine like a light in the dark. She'll shine like a light in the dark. Out of all of the others, she'll stand out and she'll shine. Right. So talk, I guess, about whenever you're praying that it's not just a one-time thing that you got a scripture right. and that's how you pray with that well and even in in situations like this where you feel like you're doing warfare to to get something to happen or to stop something from happening uh always we're praying the word you need your prayer to be based on something that you know is in the Word of God. And so finding that Word and standing on it good. and knowing that it's not me just making this up. It's not just something I want to happen. This is something based on the Word of God. And I'll give you one example right now. The one that comes to me is um, I'm freezing. You're cold. <laughs> Welcome there. to our church. <laughs> There's a vent blowing on me. <laughs> yes, they're and I'm, and I'm never cold. So That's anyway. true. <laughs> I was trying to make it comfortable for you. Um, when I have three kids, and uh, let me just say, he was talking a while ago about gray hair, and I have a lot of gray hair, and at least a third of that gray hair is from you. So. Well, well, I mean, they sell that stuff at Piggly Wiggly that you can put in your hair. I know. I stopped doing that a long time ago. <laughs> well, and I love you. I really do. Well, I love I'm glad. You. I love you. But the example mama. I was going to give you is, because, is about my youngest son. His name is Reagan. He you actually comes it. here. Here, she wants to swap that mic with you. Oh, okay. Thank you. Am I on? Yeah. yeah. Um. I uh, had Reagan when I was 42 years old. He was a little blessing that came when I was 42. He was an accident. He really, he, he was a wonderful gift from God. Oh, yeah, but he was an accident. I tell just him hush. that all the time. Just I'm always hush. telling him that he's an accident. But um, when I was pregnant and every time I would go to the doctor, my file, they had a big stamp on it that said high-risk pregnancy. So every time I go to the doctor, I'm seeing that. You know, that makes you feel really good. And um, it was, you know, a different type of pregnancy. Although, anyway, when I was probably 10 weeks, maybe 12 weeks, I'm not sure, um, I started hemorrhaging pretty bad. And I went to the doctor, and he examined me, and he proceeded to start giving me. He, was, he sent me home. But he gave me all these instructions about how to come back to the hospital and what door to go in and the emergency room. Because I am convinced then and now that he thought I was losing the baby and that I would be coming back that I'd be coming back to the hospital. So I left his office devastated. 
and I cried all the way home. And my husband was working in the yard when I drove in the driveway, and he saw me crying, and, you know, I talked to him a minute, and then I went in the house, and I got in my bed, and I got my Bible, and the verse I was looking for is found in Psalms 139, and it's the verse that most of you know that says that, you know, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And I was looking for that verse and that passage that I was going to read. And in the, when I was turning to it, my eyes went to some verses right ahead of that. Psalms 138 verse 8 uh, has a verse that I think he put it in your guide. I'm not sure. It says, uh, the Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. It's good. Perfect meaning to make perfect. What concerns you? Whatever well, concerns when you. I saw that verse, I started crying again because I knew that um, this was my word from God. This was my verse. And I read and I prayed and I believe God I took that word to be my word. Uh, many people call that a rhema. A rhema, is that right? A rhema word. It's a word just for me. God gave me that word to calm me down, to give me confidence that he heard me and that it was going to be all right. And the entire pregnancy, I stood on that verse. The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. You can apply that verse to many other things. Whatever you're going through, whatever uh, is hurting you or bothering you or whatever hardship you're going through, you can stand on that word. The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. And so then you pray using that word. That's my word. I heard you, God. You're going to perfect it. Well, and in the video, once you have that word, you spent more time really in the video praising God and worshiping God than you really did asking God for anything because he had already given you the word. She's going to shine like a light in the dark. So most of your prayer there was... God, you're awesome, you're magnificent, Absolutely. you're beautiful, you can do anything, you're the king of heaven, the earth. I mean, really a lot of time praise and worship, and you're taking that scripture that he gave you and saying, you gave me this, this is what's right. going to be, it's going to be this way, and I'm thanking you for the answer. Absolutely. Before, and Before Jesus, said, the answer. Jesus said, when you pray, believe that you receive, and Absolutely. then you shall have it. And But he also said to pray with thanksgiving. So, and I'd heard it said years ago that there's like a scale. And lots of times pre people, they pray, 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 pray. But they don't ever really have any thanksgiving to, to really balance the scales. Because whenever you thank somebody for something, you're thanking them that they gave you something. And you Absolutely. received something, right? If my wife gives me a new truck, Amen. just saying. <laughs> then... 
I would thank her for the gift that she gave me, right? So I think lots of times in prayer, we're asking God, 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 God. But really, faith, will he find any persistent faith when he comes? Faith is, God, you gave me, I I believe that I've received. And because of that, God, I thank you that you're working in this situation. God, I thank you that you gave me this word to stand on. God, I thank you that you're the creator of heaven and earth. And that I'm your sheep and you're my shepherd. And you lead me to green pastures and still waters. And you're taking care of my kid, even when it don't look like it, even though I can't see it with my eyes. God, I thank you for it. So most of your prayer, a lot of your prayer was really you thanking God and worshiping him that he was doing what he said that he would do. So in your quiet time, you have regular normal stuff and we all have issues. But whenever the Lord gives you a verse concerning that issue, then really that's, that's, the, that's what you take with you now into whenever you have to really pray about this thing. You take that verse and now this is... That's the confidence. Your grenade. You, know, you, you have right. the confidence that this is just not my idea. This is something that God has told me and he's given me this and so I'm going to stand on it. Now, does that mean that two days from now that I'm going to get exactly what I'm asking God to give me? Many times no. And one of the hardest things in praying, and all y'all know this, is when it doesn't come right away. You know, the answer doesn't come right away. And so we're waiting and we wait. And, and I'm guilty. I mean, I've said, why, why, God? You know, why? I've, I've prayed. I believe you. I trust you. Uh, I have faith in you. But I'm still waiting. And we have to still stand on the verse and say, I know this is what God told me. I'm not going to back down. I'm not going to question. God's kind of funny with me sometimes because... If I question him too much, he reminds me of what he told Job. You remember what he told Job? When Job kept asking God questions, he said, where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Come on now. You know? No, we don't always understand. We don't always understand why. We don't understand waiting. He also reminds me of Joseph. Poor old Joseph, you know, when he got thrown in prison... Because Potiphar's wife tried to seduce him and, and they threw him in prison for something he didn't do. And the commentaries tell us that he stayed in prison seven years for something he didn't do. Yeah. Well, seven years is a long time. And I can imagine maybe Joseph might have said once or twice, you know, how much longer, God, am I going to be here? But that's not for us to question because it's in God's time. And that's hard to accept sometimes. But if we have faith is, Kevin mentioned it a minute ago, faith is believing that you've got it before you get it. That's right. Because if you had it, you don't need any faith. You understand? Faith is believing I know I've got this in my spirit and my heart. I'm convinced that God heard me. He heard me. He's got the answer. It's coming. It may not even come in exactly the way 
I think it's going to come because he doesn't always operate just exactly the way we might think it would work out. Yeah, he rarely does. Yeah. He always comes out of left field. I'm just like, how in the world did you come up with that? And he <laughs> says, well, I'm pretty intelligent. And I say, I know, but me too. And I, I really felt like it was going to come a different way. It's like I would have never thought that in a million years. But I think another thing, too, is he's not bound by time. Exactly. I mean, he, uh, a, a thousand years is as a day to him and as a day, a thousand years. So whenever you live in a realm of eternity, to have Abraham wait 25 years to have his first kid after he promised him to have Noah build a boat, say it's going to rain and him build that boat for a hundred years. For us, we live in time and in 2017, we're driven by time, right? I mean, you have a time clock. Right? You have a boss that we're driven by that. But one of the verses I put in the worship guide, which you had given me, which I love this verse. I thought it was great. It's 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. And they're going to put it up there. It says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Isn't that funny? God's not slow. You just think he's slow because of the way that you understand slow. But to him, he doesn't understand slow because he's never slow. He's, ne he's always on time, right? I mean, he never shows up like we do, like, sorry, sorry, I'm running, I'm running 15 minutes late. No, that's not God, right? But he says, it says, the Lord's not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness. Instead, he's patient with us. I love that. He's just he's being patient with us until our faith can develop to a place that we can really receive what he's offering. So he's really waiting on us. We're not waiting on him, right? He's patient with us. And we think, God, I'm being patient. And he's like, no, sister, or brother, in my case. Uh, no, brother, I'm being patient with you. And I don't want anybody to perish. I don't want you to not get anything that I have for you. And I don't want anybody to lose what I have for them. But everyone is to come to repentance. So I love that. It's not just some us thinking, man, he's slow, slow, slow. It's that there's no, there's no time for him. So that was Reagan. So I'm, I'm fast forward, right? Because I've got to move on. But fast forward through the pregnancy. I'm sure you went back to the doctor over and over and over again. And they were... Well, and, and during that pregnancy, um, the devil, you know, I know that y'all know this, that the devil is real, and his one objective, 24 7, 365 days a year, is to discourage you. Oh, he'd love to kill you, you know. He tries to do that too. But um, I'm not trying to glorify the devil, he's no comparison to our Almighty God. But he is real, and he does attack. Jesus said he's the accuser of the brethren, and he tries to uh, get into our lives and create havoc and create heartache. Uh, he does that in all kinds of ways. Um, I forgot where I was going. It don't matter. Just move on to how awesome of a child I was. <laughs> Because I know you have some notes. I've already looked at your notes. And it says, Kevin, you prayed over him at night when I was gone from home. Where was I? Well, the, who knows? <laughs> you know, this is when you left and kind of went off on your own. And you were sometimes in Baton Rouge and sometimes somewhere else. And really, I'm serious now. There were many times we did not know where he was. He had... 
he and his dad had had an encounter and he left home and he was into a lot of things he shouldn't have been. And um, during that time, of course, I was praying for him. Um, All right, so what were some of the scriptures that you stood on the Lord gave you so that you wouldn't lose your mind and you would have sanity about okay. me turning it around? Well, one of the scriptures uh, I discovered was in Jeremiah. Um, say, I'm on the spot now, so I can't remember. It was Jeremiah 29. Wait. I asked her to bring me a couple scriptures that she would use to pray over her family. And she called me because I said I wanted to put an insert in the bulletin. So she emailed me five pages. I was like, Mom, I wanted an insert in the bulletin, not five pages of scriptures. So she said, she says, well, I'll just people if they want them, I can email them to them if they want the verses that I've used over the last 40 years to keep you alive. I was like, OK, well. Uh, people All right, these are some of the verses I used in praying over my children. And it wasn't just Kevin. All of them, yeah, tell them. did their own thing. <laughs> tell you them. Know? It makes you wonder sometimes, you know, what did I do? You yeah, know? it's true. What did I do? What did I not do? Yeah. But anyway, I love you. Well. <laughs> uh, for all the children, uh, God did give me several verses. One of these, I, I read this one to the devil so much, I know he really hated it. Uh, it's found in Jeremiah 31, and yeah, it's 15 one. through 17, and I, I love this. Uh, it says, this is what the Lord says. A voice is heard in Ramah, lamentation and bitter weeping. Rachel is weeping for her children because they are no more. She refuses to be comforted because her children are no more. This is what the Lord says. And this is the part where I would read to the devil. This is what the Lord says. Refrain your voice from weeping and your eyes from tears. For your work shall be rewarded. And your children shall return from the land of the enemy. Praise God. It gives me chills when I think about it. Because, um, I mean, how much clearer can it get than this? You know? And the devil doesn't want you to know this because the devil wants you to live in fear and in um, worry. I, I'm guilty of worry. I'm going to confess to that. It's not good, but I do succumb to it. The That's the, the rest of it. Yeah. Um, the rest of that verse I didn't finish. He says they will return from the land of the enemy. Listen to this part. So there is hope for your future, declares the Lord. Your children will return to their own land. And so this so is... How many years, whenever you say you read that a bunch, uh, how many years? Well, it went through Brittany, and then you, and then Reagan. So that was a lot of years. A lot of years. And, they, and we all... And they're all... We all return to the land. Yes, absolutely. With all our fingers and toes. Right. And kept them from being killed where all of them were in situations where they could have died. Because that's the other thing. The devil wants to kill you and he wants to kill your kids. You know, and pleading... I don't know how many of you under, are familiar with the term to plead the blood of Jesus. 
or to plead the blood. And, and sometimes people think, well, that's gross. Why do you want to talk about that? But the blood of Jesus that he shed on the cross for us gave us salvation, it gave us healing, and it gave us protection. And so when we plead the blood over our kids, I'll give you a recent example. Uh, my little noble, I took him and Ansley to... It's my son. Yeah. They don't know. Uh, I took Noble and Ansley with me to visit my daughter. She lives in Gina, and they live in the country, and they've got four-wheelers and all kinds of stuff that they love to ride. And Noble and Ansley know how to ride a four-wheeler, and so they were riding, having a ball. But uh, Noble ran off of an embankment that was like six feet high, and it's like the... Of course, I didn't see it. Um, he was airborne for a while before they hit the ground. Ansley was knocked off completely. Noble landed under the four-wheeler. And when we found him, the wheel, one of the wheels of the, no the four-wheeler was on his neck and he was laying down and he was screaming and crying because he was hurting. Ansley was crying because she was afraid. And my daughter and I heard the commotion and we came around the house and found them. And your first thought is, oh my Lord, you know, he's, he's dead, he's killed him. But we grabbed, Brittany and I grabbed the four-wheeler and it was a pretty big four-wheeler and got it off of him. And the minute we got that four-wheeler off that boy. We started pleading the blood. I plead the blood of Jesus on this child. I command you, devil, you take your hands off of this baby. He will not be hurt. He will not be paralyzed. He will not be killed. Because there's so many things that could have been. It could have killed him. It could have paralyzed him. It could have broken his neck. So many things it could have been. But by the grace and mercy of God, and because his mama and daddy pray over him all the time, him and Ansley, the blood was already on him. But Brittany and I are pleading the blood, praying in the Holy Ghost. I don't know if y'all know what that is, but we were doing it. And we got him up and, and praise God. He stood up and he appeared to be okay and we took him to the emergency room and you know he's running around here right now. He's fine. But in a situation like that, you need the blood of Jesus. You need to know what you know. That the blood of Jesus can overcome anything that the devil tries to do. This one right here had a car accident when he was doing his bad stuff and his head we call it his head crushed into the windshield he's probably told y'all this his head was embedded with glass and a neighbor came a neighbor happened to see the accident and came to my back door and rang the doorbell and my husband and I got up and we followed the ambulance to the um to the hospital and 
so we started praying and pleading the blood, praying over him. And it could have been much worse. His head going, the, the highway patrolman said, he said, it's a miracle that he's even alive. He was going 65 miles an hour when he hit the back end of a parked truck. So his head went through the windshield. And so we were praying and pleading the blood and believing God that there would be no brain damage, that, that he would recover, and he did. So there are those situations. Um, the other thing is when you're praying over a child that, that has run away and you don't know where they are and you're, you're praying and pleading the blood over them. I gave you one of them. Let me see the other one. Well, then talk about Daddy, and we got to go. Are we done? Well. Oh, wow. <laughs> we didn't get to talk much. We didn't? What time is it? Are we doing good? Okay. Uh, I just want you to talk about, because, like, you, you got our butt out of jams, right? Me and Brittany and Reagan. You got all of our behinds out of jams and I think uh, people that are going through stuff like going to lose the baby right that it applies there but uh, also if you got a spouse you know because how long did you pray for daddy before he got saved close to 25 years so you prayed for my dad for 25 years for him to get saved right Mm because what was he doing right he was not interested in church he didn't want to go to church now he wasn't a bad person he was a good and wonderful man but his some of the background for for Kip, his father was a very evil man, and I do mean evil. He sexually abused his daughter. He beat his kids. He beat his wife. He was just not a good person, and um, he never did get saved. And I'm I'm sorry for that because on more than one occasion I tried to talk to him about the Lord, even when Reagan was a little fella. He was like five or six years old. I remember he said to me one day, he said, Mama, we need to talk to Papa about Jesus. And so we went to visit him. And But this was always the response. Whenever you tried to bring up the subject of God or Jesus or how much God loved him to Mr. Burns, his response always was, you don't have to talk to me about that. I know more scripture than you do. You don't have to talk to me about that. He was not receptive at all. So when I was praying for Kip to be saved, the devil would always be whispering in my ear, he ain't going to be saved. He's going to be just like his daddy. You might as well give this up. And this went on for years and years. And so... The only thing you can do in that situation is exactly what we were talking about before, is you get the word of God, the word that you know. And the devil would tell me, he'd say, he ain't going to be saved. He said, you know, there's a lot of people in this world that aren't saved. There's millions of people in the world don't get saved. He ain't going to get saved. And so you ask yourself, and you know the answer, but you say, is it God's will for my husband to be saved. Well, there's tons, tons of verses. But the one I... It, Kevin read this one. The Lord is not slow concerning his promises. 
He's patient, not wanting anyone to perish. It's not God's will for anyone to perish and not be saved. I don't care how vile and mean and ugly they are. It's not God's will. And so if you have someone, if you're lucky enough to have someone, and all of us probably have someone that prayed for us, that interceded for us, that, that mentioned our name to God, and praise God for that, that you have somebody that stands in the gap for you. And so when you're standing in the gap for your child, your husband, whoever it is, it is God's will. Uh, it says, and another verse for that is Acts 16.31, which is a promise. It says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, listen to this, and your house. So you can claim your household. That's good. I claim my household. I Amen. claim my, my husband. I claim my children. For 25 years, though. Yes. And, it, and that's the case where you're asking sometimes, God, you know, why? I remember a particular incident. Um, Brittany, my daughter, is pretty fiery. You would say that, right? She's mean. <laughs> Straight up mean. She's not mean. Listen. But. I grew up with her. She made me a salt cake. Instead of sugar, she put salt <laughs> and fed it to me and my friends. <laughs> Still remember that. <laughs> I've been in counseling. But my Still. husband had a very... He was fiery, too. Very fiery. <laughs> fiery. Um, and so he and Brittany clashed. Uh, Kevin is so different because Kevin... My husband could be very cruel in dealing with the kids sometimes. He and I probably fought more over how he dealt with the children than over anything else. Uh, Kevin would just put up a wall. He didn't argue. He didn't fuss. But his, he, anyway, that's a different subject. That's, he wasn't fiery with his daddy is what I was saying. But Brittany was. And I can remember a particular day where they were in the kitchen, Brittany, and um, Brittany made the mistake of coming back at her daddy one time too many. And he slapped her across the face, which was not like him. Now, he would spank the children, but to slap one across the face, he didn't do that. And I'm just broken and, and upset. And I actually went in my bathroom. I'll never forget this. And I shut the door, and I hollered at God. I said, can't you see what's going on around here? You know, God understands sometimes, I think, if you get mad at him. But in the same breath, you come back to the Scripture. You come back to what you know. I know. It says, train up the child in the way he will go, and he'll not return from it. It says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you'll be saved, and your house. It's God's will for my husband to be saved. It says, Luke 137, with God, nothing is impossible. If it looks impossible, 
with God, it's not impossible. He can do anything. Uh, God gave me a little phrase one time, a long time ago. And it says, with God, it doesn't have to make sense. Do you know what I mean? We live in, in a world where things, you know, are a certain order and things happen the way they do. But with God, in the natural world, it might not make sense. But to God, it doesn't have to make sense. He's not bound by whether it makes sense or not because he can do anything. He can do anything. He can change any heart. He can do it. Second Chronicles 16.9 says, I love this. The eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the earth looking for somebody who will believe him. He's looking for faith. Mark Hankins used to say, God has faith radar. It's good. He's looking it's for true. faith. He's looking for somebody that will believe him. Because that's what faith is. Faith is believing. Against all odds, no matter how it looks, faith is, I believe it. Am I out of time? Yes. <laughs> Can I tell you one more thing? Yeah. When I was praying for Kip, because, um, I mean, I made up these verses, and you're going to be able to get them on email if you want them. Um, Okay. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. Well, I'll just, you think about it because I wanted to mention one thing because you just said uh, faith radar, God's looking for faith. We started the whole message this morning with First uh, Peter chapter 3 where it says, will the Son of Man find faith when he comes on the earth? So in the Old Testament, he's looking for faith. And in the New Testament, Jesus is asking, what is that? Jesus is asking, will, uh, will he find it? So I think this morning is, uh, I wanted to start the whole series. Did you think about it? You want to? Go ahead. No. Uh, I wanted to start the whole series just because there's a lot of practical things about home, right? I mean, we can talk about money. We can talk about a lot of raising kids, being single, dating, all that type of stuff. There's a lot of practical parts to the home life. But the, the reality is we all run into walls, right? And we all run into situations. And we all have people in our family that, that need somebody praying for them and somebody contending for them. We all have situations that are arise. And uh, you, need to, you need to learn about these types of things because the devil will tell you they're never going to get saved. They're never going to get this. It's never going to come through. It's never this and never that. And you've got to learn how to dig your heels in and say, no, no, no. I have a scripture. God showed me this. God told me this. And I don't care if it takes 25 years. I'm not going anywhere. And he ain't going anywhere. And his word is forever established in heaven. It ain't going nowhere. So I don't care how long it takes. There will come a day. When my kids come home and my husband and my wife get saved, or there will come a day whenever, whenever it comes through. And that's what God's looking for. And that's where he can land, right? Whenever he says, well, I find it. Whenever he finds it, that's where he'll manifest and he'll show up. Oh, I know what I was going to say. <laughs> um, when I was praying for my husband, um, I was learning about faith. 
uh, Mark Hankins had come to our church, and I'm not putting Mark Hankins on a pedestal. I'm just saying that his teachings that he brought, not him, but the teaching of the Word of God that he brought changed my life and consequently changed my family. And he taught, uh, what he teaches about 90% of the time is faith, is believing God and believing that you have it before you see it. Um, and so I told the, the Lord one day, I remember, I told the Lord, Lord, if you will save Kip, my husband, if you will save him, I will praise you. I will dance and jump and praise you. I will praise you if you will save Kip. And in my spirit, just as clear it came, Praise me now. Praise me now. It's good. Don't wait till the answer. Because what he's looking for is faith. That verse that says, without faith it's impossible to please him. God is looking for faith. He's good. looking for you to believe him. Believe that his word is true. Hebrews 11.1, 1, NIV says, Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. I'm certain of it. I know it. Even before I see it, I know it. I was going to show you. I need you to pick that up. Um, this little picture is the real deal. It's very old. You can tell by looking at it. When I was praying for my husband and for my kids, maybe the devil doesn't torment y'all. I don't know. But he would come to me and, and constantly say, you know, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So I bought, I bought this little picture. And it's a picture of a house. And under it is a verse. And it's found in Joshua 24, 15. And it says, choose you this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Most of y'all know that verse. I bought this little picture. And I hung it in my kitchen. And I remember when I hung it. And I remember where I had it. Because I said, devil, do you see this? Can you read it? If you can't read it, I'll read it to you. Come on now. And I hung it there as just a symbol so that every time I walked in my kitchen, I saw this little picture. And so being sure, do you still have doubt sometime? Yes. Do you still wonder sometime if it's going to happen? Yes. Don't let the devil make you feel bad because you get discouraged sometimes. Because uh, he wants to make you discouraged. Discouragement is one of the most favorite uh, weapons of the devil. If he can make you feel discouraged, I'm not good enough. I didn't pray enough. I don't read the Bible enough. 
It's my fault. He can get you down and keep you down. But you take this word. You take the word of God. You find the verses. And you read them to him. And you're, you're certain and sure when you read them. There's, there's lots of them. That what I put on this paper is just a few little verses. The Word of God is full of weapons that you use to fight. And of praises that you use to praise God. Praise God, you're almighty. You're the creator God. You're the sovereign God. You are almighty God. You are the king of kings, the Lord of lords. You are Jehovah Jireh. You are El Shaddai. You are God. And there is no other. There is no other. And I don't care, devil, what you try to do. I don't care what you try to do. You are no match. Come on now. For Almighty God. You are no match. Hallelujah. Amen.